0: Welcome to Baptist Vices. This podcast is designed to engage the Baptist community in challenging thought. We hope to not just promote negative propaganda that is raised against Baptist thought, but to biblically analyze some of these thoughts and provide biblical solutions. We hope you enjoy today's program. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Vices, and we have the famous, world famous Baptist historian Steve Brady on again. He's going to be on in just a few minutes, and we're going to be talking about John Clark. And actually, our Baptist Vice this uh, next two, we actually had to do a two parter, is positive. It's liberty of conscience. So, we're going to try to tie in the history and the theology together. I think you'll enjoy it. John Clark is an amazing man. And just highly recommend that you look up and try to study it a little bit uh, if it sparks your interest. This area of liberty conscience, he really helped in the foundation of America and helping us understand it in the Baptist thought. Just challenge you, as we say, go to the Baptist pulpit and visit the doc. All right, We have a couple of podcasts that you can sign up on on baptistpulpit.com. Also, we would encourage you this coming uh, week, we have a a new book out, uh, second edition, on Every Day is a Tough Day. And so that's written specifically to teenagers and challenge you to grab that and uh, encourage you to grab that and use it for your teens. I wrote a second edition, really went through it and wrote a new forward to it that was a little more personal. And so hopefully it can be a help to you. I'll browse around, but I'm glad to have uh, Steve Brady here to be with us in the next two podcasts. Okay, it's good to have uh, the right, the right Reverend. I don't know if he's the Reverend; he's the um, the great historical expert in Baptist history, Steve Brady. So, welcome to the podcast again, Baptist Vices. Thank you. And so, our Baptist Vice—it's um, actually positive this time is liberty of conscience. And so the idea of freedom or liberty of conscience, and we're specifically going to look at John Clark. So we we brought in the renowned Baptist historian for this. So if you want to kind of give us some background, historical background, and then we'll talk about some theological ideas with this idea of freedom
1: or liberty sure. of conscience. Sure. Sure. Um, John, Dr. John Clark, um, he is born in, in England in 1609, and uh, he studied, I, I believe, law, uh, but also um, studied to be a medical doctor, mm. and that's what he was most well-known for um, during some of that time. Uh, after he was saved, he studied uh, theology. And then we see a period in his life where he began, you know, he, he became... Um, uh, dissatisfied or uh, with the Church of England, and began mm-hmm. to see their error, and he began to distance himself from from the Church. And this is making a long story short. But yeah. you know, there this is going on um, in England. You have dissenters, uh, nonconformist uh, people that uh, not trying to cause trouble; they just don't believe the the Church of England. Is following scripture, which it wasn't, of course, and and so they just want to be left alone in worship. But the king wouldn't have any of that, and he uh, and so they were they were greatly persecuted during that time of 16, 1600s, And um, then he um, moved moved to Holland, because at that time Holland was a, a I guess you call it a haven for those who wanted to worship God freely. You might remember. The Pilgrims, yeah. about 20 years earlier, uh, followed the same course. They moved, they moved from England to Holland, looking for religious freedom. Uh, what they found there was not, maybe quite as advertised. And um, so, like the Pilgrims, um, the Pilgrims again are uh, 1620. This is 16 late 1630s now. Um, so this is Clark, um, almost 30. I'm sorry, almost 20 years later. Uh, they decided to sail for America, where they heard of Massachusetts Bay Colony and and their tolerance of religion. So that was 1637. <clears throat> well, uh, when they arrived in Massachusetts, um, they found that um, again things had gone from bad to worse in Massachusetts, and the and the 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 uh, Puritans there had almost become as bad as, or as corrupt as the Church of England they had left earlier. And so there was a state church in Massachusetts. And all this is a little confusing without going into it, but but uh, the, the, the Puritans had been given a charter. They were so influential in England, they'd been given a legal charter to go to Massachusetts and and worship there. And so they did, and, and yet they, unfortunately, um, Follow the same path of intolerance as the Church of England did, and, and so so you you there was freedom of worship as long as it was their yeah uh, you know so, their specific church and and their preachers.
0: All right, so I want to pause really fast um, and and park there. All right, <laughs> um, and then we'll continue on with the story because I think we're finding a trap, and the trap. All right, so I'm looking at this with um, the current the current view, not the the long view from the past, but now in our situation. And I think we mm-hmm. find the same trap. Um, independent Baptist, we love our freedom, our liberty of conscience. But if anybody does anything different than what we do, then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bring the persecution <laughs> down upon and that's kind mm-hmm. of that's what you're saying is so is that the Puritans or the Pilgrims?
1: That, this is the Puritans. Right. Uh, the Puritans were the ones that wanted to, in a sense, purify the church. That's where they get their name. Yes. Um, they wanted to stay in the Church of England, but yes. but clean it, you know, clean out it out within. So they come over. Um,
0: they get they set up church in the Massachusetts uh, Bay Colony. But then, as Clark comes over and some other um, true Baptists, as they have studied Scripture. And they've come to that through the the Bible, not on their own thinking. And the idea is that we will answer to God uh, for what we do, and it's a it's a very sobering uh, thought um, yep. if you if you truly believe it. It is a very sobering. I'm not answering to a pope. I'm not answering to my pastor. I'm not answering. Well, I, I understand authority. I understand government authority. I understand parental authority, but ultimately I answer to God, and that weighs on you. Um, And that's what that's what I appreciate by looking back at these guys like John Clark and some of the others. Uh, Dare we mention Roger Williams? Um, Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, We'll get in trouble for that. Don't worry. But carefully. Right. (laughs) All right. So let's continue on with John Clark. So he gets basically persecuted by uh, the Puritans
1: uh, in the Massachusetts Um, Bay Colony. And he, you know, and to your point, he, he's a fierce believer in, in, in Linda's right to worship God, Yes. Um, following a big of their own conscience. And, and, uh, even very early on here, he, he is. And so that's why he goes to Holland, realizes that Holland is not, um, really the, the bastion of freedom that that was advertised. Yes. Uh, but then, and then sales to Massachusetts. And of course, when he arrives in Massachusetts, he uh, Clark is a man of action. He's a, he's a solution finder. He's a he's a real real leader. And he he uh, he when he arrives in in Massachusetts, uh, there is as one author said, there's sickness in the air. And and doctor and the doctor Clark wastes no time in in uh, you know meeting the physical needs of those in Massachusetts. He jumps right in as a physician. But very quickly, he and his wife become get maybe bitterly disappointed what they find with, um, with what's going on in the, in the religious aspect and, and um, they came to find freedom and what they found as I mentioned before was the same intolerance that they had left in England wow. and this time it wasn't the Church of England but it was the, it was the Holy Commonwealth, you know the John yeah. Winthrop city on a hill and um, what he didn't know, I, I can't determine if he knew this, so I'm going to say he didn't know that Roger Williams had really come before him by a by a couple of years, and it's um, you know uh, Clark is following the same path as Roger Williams. I don't think he knew exactly what happened to Roger Williams, but Roger Williams comes as a, a very anticipated um, preacher to yeah. the to Massachusetts Bay. And then he quickly realizes that you you know you, you have to be one of their preachers, you can't say anything differently than than the church and the state uh, say you must preach and so he uh, pushes back from that and he is eventually banished. Um, they're going to send him back to England, but he he escapes the night before um, and goes to the Indians, which is another story, and uh, actually becomes uh, later a great missionary with the uh, with the Indians um but oh. so that so maybe uh, John Clark comes to Massachusetts not knowing exactly what had happened to Roger Williams but okay uh, yeah so
0: and so you're saying that that's what he finds in Massachusetts right he finds the same thing but Roger Williams and John Clark right. as far as his historically we don't see that they connected um as far as um we don't think that they were in communication or anything it, like that. And,
1: before this, I, I don't see, I don't see them in communication. They will, they will come together um, in just a few months after this, but uh, okay. not entirely sure. He probably found out as soon as he got there, what happened to Roger yeah. Williams. And, and, and basically, um, you know, you had to be an approved minister. Hmm. All unauthorized meetings were illegal. Um, all, all people had to pay taxes for the state ministers. And if you didn't, you could be excommunicated um, and you could come under civil, you know, prosecution. And so it, this, is, this yeah. is exactly why yep. they left the, uh, England. But here we have it going yeah. on. And-
0: All right. So we're going to pause again. And then I think we want to I'm going to talk about some of this. And if you have time, we'll do a part two, um, because we're already we're already getting uh, <laughs> we're already getting to the end. Well, into it. Huh? Right. Um <laughs> All right, so scripturally, uh, scripturally, what's interesting, you and I were talking about this. I looked back at the London Baptist Confessions and uh, some of the other uh, earlier uh, Baptist Confessions. Uh, you can go back to some of the creeds. You know, the Baptists were big in writing those out in the 1600s, 1700s. Mm-hmm. And um, I still haven't connected all of it. If you know it, you can you can email me. Uh, I will probably put this up on our uh, Facebook account when we release it, and so underneath you guys can you know, hammer me with the understanding of Genesis 127 because most of the creeds uh, go back to Genesis 127 as far as liberty of conscience. So Genesis 127 says, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, I understand God created And I I think what they are saying that God created each person individually, which more leans towards individual soul liberty as far as the uh, we answer to God. And that's the idea of liberty of conscience uh, when it comes to Scripture. Uh, Another passage that I like is Matthew 6, 6 and 7, where it says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And what's interesting is almost all of the early Baptist confessions use Matthew 6, 6, and 7, which brings to mind, I think, for them, when verse 7 is that vain repetition I'm sure they're thinking of some Catholic or Anglican, <laughs> um, uh, you know, in America, Episcopalian. They're thinking mm-hmm. of the rosaries, the confessions to the priest, uh, the kneeling, the genuflecting. you know, all of those type of things, which Scripture says they ain't doing you any good. Um, it's you mm-hmm. and God personally that have a relationship. And so I, I think it's very very important, um, and we'll just close this out. And if you have time, we'll do a part two. Is that, does that sound okay? All right, all right. So all right, so let's let's close this one out. And what we are saying is, biblically and historically, Baptists have held to liberty of conscience. And come and listen to part two, and we'll clarify that even more. Thank you for listening to Baptist Vices. We trust you're a challenge to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.